Tonight we start our 30-day revival. I remember as a kid hearing about two-week revivals. I never saw one, but I remember people talking about them. I do remember seven-day revivals from Sunday to Sunday, all week long. I remember several of those. Sometimes they even have lunch meetings to go along with that. And so they would have the evening service seven days, and then they would have a lunch service as well. I remember we would go to those revivals, and I always liked it as a kid. They would usually have a meal. It was usually pretty good, uh, and my friends would be there. So I would think this is better than being at home doing homework, and so we were glad to go to the revival. Uh, notice this. Lately, uh, I do not hear of revivals, and I don't know if you hear the same thing. It doesn't seem that I hear very often of a church having revival meetings. Churches uh, as a whole, do not hold them. Uh, I heard, I've heard people say that it is a thing of the past. I've heard people bemoan that and say uh, it is a thing of the past. I hear people say people are too busy uh, to come. People have too many things going on, and that was a different time, a different era, and so people aren't going to come. And I'll, I'll just tell you, it's rare to hear of a revival going on anymore. Well, Tonight, church, I'm here to tell you, in the church today, in Christianity today, in, in, the, in the life and hearts of believers today, listen to me, we desperately need a revival. We need a revival today. Now, be sure, I'm not talking about revival services we can plan revival services. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about meetings of the church, more meetings of the church. I'm not even talking about you being part of these next 30 days. But I want to tell you what we need in this day is for people to be filled with the Word of God, to be changed by the Word of God, to be empowered by the Spirit of God, and for there to be an unmistakable movement of God in the church today. That's what we need in the church today. Dear God, let us see a revival today. That is my prayer. That is my burning desire. Lord, let us, in an unlikely time, for sure in an unlikely place, for sure with an unlikely people, See a movement of God today. I came in this morning. I got here about 8.30. And I got in and I made coffee and set all my stuff down. And I sat down in my chair. And I'm just going to tell you, I, I became overwhelmed. And I'm going to be honest with you. I, I sat in my chair and I cried. Oh, that God would move Oh, that we would see a revival. The world needs the truth of Jesus. People are hurting. People are suffering. Oh, that we would get past the same old stuff that we just keep doing. God's able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we ask or think. Oh, we need a revival today. Is anybody with me? Are you with me? Then here's the deal. It starts with you. It starts with you. It starts with me. Listen, there won't be a revival in the church. There won't even be a revival on your row if there's first not a revival in 
you. And so our prayers, we start these 30 days, should be God send a revival to me. That ought to be our prayer. God send a revival to me. In our 30 days, we're going to move through every verse in First and Second Peter. I want to tell you it's very relevant. I want to tell you it's very timely. Uh, I'm excited to see what God has for us, what he's going to say to us, and he's going to speak to us through those messages. I'm excited about that. But tonight, as we start off, to begin tonight, I'm going to jump way ahead, and I'm going to start tonight with one verse, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Tonight, we're going to begin this whole thing, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Our message tonight is entitled, Stirred Up stirred up. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's word. 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 13, God's word says this, I consider it right as long as I am in this earthly dwelling to stir you up by way of reminder. I want to read that verse again. It says this, I consider it right as long as I am in this earthly dwelling to stir you up by way of reminder. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we come now. We are thankful for you. Lord, I'm thankful that we have a hope that endures tonight, that we have peace settled in the finished work of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, I'm thankful that we have the forgiveness of sin that we have restoration with a, with a righteous God as we wear the righteousness of Jesus. Lord, I pray as we begin this time, 30 days, I pray that we would seek you. I pray that we would look to you. I pray that we would hear from you. And I pray that our hearts would change. I pray that our minds would change. I pray that we'd be made more in the image of Christ, having heard your word, having responded in faith. Lord, I ask and I seek that you would do a mighty work in our church, in our people, in our town, in the, anywhere they would hear this message. And I pray, Lord, that it would be exceedingly, again, abundantly, more than we would ask or think. And Lord, help us to ask and think a lot. And Lord, I pray that the fruit of this would not be for us. The fruit of this would not be for the reputation of a church or the reputation of a, a pulpit or a preacher. But the fruit of this would be glory given to Jesus. Lives transformed in the power of Jesus. Salvation to ring out. In the person of Jesus. Lord, I ask that you would work. I ask that you would move. Lord, give us wisdom. Lord, give us strength. Lord, encourage us. And Lord, I pray that you would move. That's what I ask. Lord, please move. I pray tonight in this message that if there's somebody that doesn't know you, I pray in the hearing of good news tonight, this very night, they would turn to you, that any hindrance would be removed, and they would trust you, and they would find you. And in that, and turning to you as Savior, by faith in the grace of God, that tonight would be the night of their salvation. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The truth is tonight, life is hard. Life is tough. Life is complicated. We know that. We find that out. Life is busy. It is it is so busy, life is crazy, and life is fast. And here's what I have noticed. Here's what I've 
observed, if we are not careful in this life, we, we will expend our lives, we will waste our lives trying just to endure life. Now, I want to tell you, that's what I see happening all around us. That's what I see in the people in the homes all around us. We are just expending our lives, giving our lives, just trying to endure life. Now, what I mean by that is we will spend all of our energy and we will burn up all of our days just trying to get to the next day, just trying to get to the next event, just trying to turn a corner and get to the next hallmark. When we were little, maybe you remember this, we wanted to be in high school. You remember that far back? That's where all the cool things happen. That's where you can drive. Oh, if we could just be in high school. And when we're in high school, you remember this. Well, I'd just like to be done with this. I'd just like to move on from here. There's nothing going on here. I, I, I want to be done with this. And then there's a job on the horizon. You know what, if I could just get that job, if I could just somehow get a foot in the door there, if I could start that career, oh, it would be a good thing. And then you get that job, and then you know what, there's something else. If I could just get that, if I could just get a, an advancement somehow, if I could just get a promotion, if I could just start somewhere else and start over, if I could just get a different job. And then there's relationships. You know, if I could just get my relationships right, if I could just date that person, if I could just marry that person, if we would just get things all sewn up, then everything in life would be fine, and it's all about the relationships. And then there's some level of success that we have that we hold. If I could just get this much money, if I just had this much coming in, if I just had this much in our accounts, if we just had this much in the retirement or if I could just live in this neighborhood, oh, if I could just get to this neighborhood, then it would be fine. Or if I could just get these things done, whatever they are, if I could just check them off and accomplish those things. And then we have our families. And if we could just have kids, if we would just raise our kids. Remember when we used to say, if we could just get all the kids out of diapers, that'll be a good day. If we could just get the kids all out of school, that'll be a good day. And then comes retirement. If I could just get there, oh, if I could just finally get there, and I hear people talk about, I got eight more years, and if I do this, I might cut it down, but I've got three more years, I've got two more years, and we're just trying to get to retirement. And then for some folks, sadly, health comes into play. People say, you know what, if I could just get my knee replaced, if I could just get my hip fixed, if I would just get over the bypass surgery, if I could just get over that, oh, if I could just feel better. I remember my dad saying, oh, just to feel better again. Oh, if I could just, if I could just feel good again, if I could just feel better. And on and on and on we go, spending our days just trying to get to another day. And I want to tell you what I've discovered is this, our lives become about getting by. How you doing? I'm getting by. Our lives become about just making it. And I'll just tell you this, in our day, we try to dress that up. You know what, we, we may just be making it, we may just be trying to get to the next day, but we, we try to dress that up and we, we post all the fancy pictures of all the good days and the good vacations and the big meals. And it looks good, but we're just trying to get by. And really, we're just enduring life. And then one day, 
always sooner than we like, and I have found always sooner than we think, it's over. And we endured and we got by. We did all the things we endured until we didn't. I want to tell you, here's what I want to start off in telling you as we begin these 30 days. Now, I want you to hear me very clearly, and I want you to listen. As we begin these 30 days, here's what I want to start off by telling you, and that is this. Life is so much more than just getting by. Life is so much more than just making it. And I want to tell you the testimony of Scripture is we have abundant life in Christ Jesus. The testimony of Scripture is we have surpassing joy. That is the life of a believer. We have gladness in our hearts. We have lives of purpose in Jesus Christ. Friend, let me tell you, if we, if you are not leading those types of lives, listen to me, we are being robbed. We're being robbed. We're going to look at Peter's two letters. First and second Peter. They are written to people who have trusted Jesus. These are believers that are the recipients of these letters. And yet for these believers, life has become hard. Life has become crazy. Now they're facing things some of them never thought they would face. And the discouragement of life for these believers is very real. Now I want to tell you, sometimes people act like the discouragement is not real, and it's just pretend, and you need to just pull it together and get over that. Listen, in the hard things of life, the discouragement is real, and under that great cloud of discouragement, they are tempted to slow down. They are tempted to let up, and they are tempted under that cloud of discouragement to compromise on what God has called them to do. And under that cloud of discouragement in the midst of those hard times, they are tempted to look like the world around them. And you know what? If we'll just go with the flow, if we'll just get in and move with the world, if we'll just get by, everything will be fine. Wouldn't it be easier? Wouldn't it be easier just to give in, just to sit down, to slow down, to look like the world, to compromise a little bit? And to those people... Peter writes these two letters, listen, his words, to stir them up. I want to tell you tonight, here is my prayer. My prayer is this, God stir us up. God stir us up. God lift us out of the discouragement. God lift us out of the routine. God lift us out of compromise and stir us up. As we begin my prayer, oh God, stir us up. All right, let's look at this verse tonight. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. I'm going to read the verse. We're going to go back and break down the verse and look at the verse. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Peter is speaking, and he says this. I consider it right as long as I am in this earthly dwelling to stir you up by way of reminder. I want to say that again. I want to read it again. Peter says this, I consider it right as long as I am in this earthly dwelling to stir you up by way of reminder. All right, there's a lot here in this verse. It may not seem like it. There is. 
Now there's a lot in the verses ahead that move down to the verse. There's a lot in the verses after this verse. We're going to get to those in the weeks ahead. But for tonight, I want to look just at this one simple verse. The verse says this. Peter says, I consider it right. I want to think about that word. I consider it right. Now that word right translates correct, necessary, prudent. That's what the word means. Correct, necessary, prudent. The, the phrase consider it, uh, it, it is stronger than I think maybe we understand. I consider it right. Uh, it literally translates, I esteem it. I count it. Uh, I place value in it. That's what it literally means. Peter says here, I need to do this. He says there is value in doing this. There is importance in doing this. Here's what Peter says. It is necessary. It is prudent. It is needed that I do this. It is necessary. He says as long as I am in this earthly dwelling. The word for dwelling in the Greek in the original language is the word tabernacle or tent. Now what, it, what, it, what Peter is saying here, what he's talking about, he says, as long as I am residing in this tent, as long as I'm living in this body, as long as I'm alive, as long as I'm in these days, I consider it necessary, prudent to do these things. Now, I want, I want to think about something right here. Peter says, as long as I'm in these days, as long as I am alive. Now, I want you to see what that's foreshadowing. Over and over and over again, as we look at these two letters, we're going to see that Peter takes hope in and he preaches the great hope that we won't always be in the tent. And that's what he's saying here. As long as I'm alive, but he takes hope in there's going to be a day that it's not like this. That's what he's saying. These are hard days. These are tough days. Oh, but I take hope. There's going to be a day it's not like this. He's in the tent now, but he, he won't always be. Today we're in the battles of life now. We won't always be. We're in the hardships of life now. We won't always be. There is coming a day. No more clouds in the sky. No more tears to dim the eye. All is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. I wish I could sing out a song that to you. There is coming a day. No more clouds in the sky. Listen, no more tears to dim the eye. All is peace forevermore. On that happy golden shore. Listen, as followers of Jesus Christ, we have hope. We have promise in those days. Those days are coming. Praise the Lord for that. But until those days, Peter says it is important. It is valuable. It is necessary in these days to stir you now, that's kind of weird. That's kind of crazy, but that's what he says. In these days, it is important to stir you up. In the original, the phrase means, now I want you to listen to these words. Listen to these. In the original language, 
to stir you up. Here's what it translates. To wake out of a sleep. See the picture. Another translation, to arouse completely. Another translation, to arise, to cause to arise. It's like, get up, get up, get off of there, to arise. Another translation is to render active. You're doing nothing, you're doing nothing. Do something to render active. It is literally to stir you up. Now, here's what I picture. You're warm in your bed. And you got your covers pulled up. Hopefully it's not on a Sunday morning. You got the ceiling fan running. And it is so nice. And you're in your bed. You got that big old blanket. You got that big old poofy pillow. And it is so nice. It is so nice. And it feels so good to sleep and to rest and to dream. And, and you're there and, you're, and you're, you're loving it. And somebody jerks the cover off and douses ice water on you. That's exactly the picture. Arise! Get up! Some of y'all aren't very happy just hearing about that. <laughs> Carrie's like, don't even try that. Years ago, I found a mathematical formula for the law of atrophy. The law of atrophy. I found a mathematical formula. I don't know anything about that. But it's the law of atrophy. I'm going to summarize it. Here's what it follows. Everything left alone will revert back to its original state. Now, that's probably more complicated than that. But that's the gist of it. Everything left alone will revert back to its original state. If there's a person and they lift weights and they lift weights and they lift weights and they get all pumped up big, guess what happens when they stop for a year? They go back to their original state. Somebody eats right and they eat right and they eat right and they get in shape. And then they stop eating right. They go by the donut shop this morning. Guess what? It goes back to the original shape. Or here's a picture if you're in a car or a 1986 Ford pickup and you're in the field over here in the parking lot, the dirt field by the, by the football field, and you decide to do donuts in that pickup and you got a couple kids with you and you're sophomores, you think, no, we're going to do some donuts over by this field. Now, I don't know anybody ever did that, but if you ever did that and you get out there and you're just whooping it around and you're whooping it around and you're spinning around so much, you're starting to get nervous. You're going to get sick you're spinning around so fast. And you're spinning around, and dirt's flying, and rocks are flying, and dirt's going up in the air, and there's a cloud of dust, and folks start calling in to the police, and there's a cloud of dust, and it gets bigger, and you're whooping it around, and you're whooping it around, and you stop. The cloud goes back down. The cloud settles down. Or if you have a glass of tea, and you stir it up, and you clank, 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 clank. You stir it up, and you, you stir it up. You quit stirring it up. It goes back down. It settles back down. I want to tell you, the, the, the matter of the fact is this. Evidently, as believers, we might think we're better than that, but evidently, as believers, we're just like that. And evidently, that's what God's telling us here. This is his word, that there's times that we get all stirred up, and we find ourselves, and we are renewed, 
And we are committed, and we're excited, and it's fresh to walk with Jesus Christ, and we're committed to walking with Jesus Christ, and we know, hey, this is the best way to live, and we're excited. It's an awesome thing. But then we stop stirring, and we slow down. We quit reading our Bibles. We get too busy for church. We slow down some more, and before long, the excitement's gone, and the stir is gone. And Peter, Peter says here, addressing that, in these hard days, in these long days, it is valuable for me to not let that happen in you. He says, in these busy days, in these troubled days, it is necessary for me to stir you up. Listen to me tonight. I'm serious. I'm serious. Listen to me tonight. We in the church of Jesus Christ, we possessing the good news of a risen Savior, we who know and are sure of the hope we have in Jesus, listen to me tonight, we need to get stirred up. We need to be stirred up. And we need to get stirred up. And when we get stirred up, we need to stand up. And we need to do what the actual word meaning is. We need to arise and we need to get to action. There is a lost world. There's a hurting world. And I'm going to tell you, we in the church today, we have gotten comfortable. We've gotten complacent in the church today. I'm going to tell you, sadly, we've even compromised in the church today. And in these days, it is high time that the church get stirred up. I'm going to tell you what's crazy. And I, it is crazy. I'm going to tell you what it is. Here's what's crazy today. Today, we don't mind getting stirred up. And I, I look, man, people just don't care. Man, people won't commit. Man, people won't get stirred up. That's not it. We don't mind getting stirred up. Here's the problem. We get stirred up about everything but the only thing that's eternal, the only thing worth getting stirred up about. And I'll just tell you, we live in a stirred up age. Texas OU weekend, I don't care what side you are, those people are stirred up. Politics today, people get stirred up. They got a vein popping out of their head. Oh, and they're stirred up about Joe Biden. Oh, and they're stirred up about Donald Trump. And folks today, they get stirred up about inflation. Oh, have you seen the price of eggs today? Oh, have you seen the price of gas? And we live in a stirred up world, and we go all around, and we're stirred up, except for the only thing that matters, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, the only hope of any person. We need to get stirred up. Not about the wrong things. Not about the silly things. Not about the things that will pass away. We need to get stirred up about what matters. Last, see this. It is, Peter says, correct. It is valuable, necessary to stir you up. Notice the last of the verse says this. By way of reminder. And that's the end of the verse, by way of reminder. How are, how are we going to be stirred up? A weird way, by way of reminder. What does that mean? 
Now, we're going to be coming back to this, but I'll, I'll just give you a shortcut here. What he's talking about, what's revealed at the end of this chapter is the Word of God. And that's what he's going to talk about. We need to get stirred up by way of reminder, being reminded of the Word of God. I'm going to just say something here. I, I'm too much of a preacher, I guess. But I, when I read that, I'm not able to contain myself. And I, when I read that, I get stirred up. I get stirred up. Friends, let me tell you something tonight. You listen to me. Do you know why addiction is the problem it is today in our world? Do you know why pornography is the filthy problem it is today in our world? Do you know why homes are breaking apart all around us and another and another and another? Do you know why men don't even know how to be godly men today? Do you know why we're living in a day when marriage is seen as unnecessary? Folks want to fight about the definition of marriage. Listen, folks, it's past that. Marriage is seen as unnecessary today. Do you want to know why kids don't have any chance at all with the onslaught of garbage that is coming at them? And I want to tell you, they're being covered up in a tidal wave of garbage. Do you want to know why filth and perversion are the norm in our society today? They've become so acceptable even to us in the church. They become our entertainment. Do you want to know why we're living in an age where people are filled with prejudice and hate and rage and violence? Do you want to know why worldliness has crept into the church of Jesus Christ? Do you want to know why false teachers get a toehold today? Do you want to know why we're hurting and suffering and living like depressed zombies in the world today? Do you want to know why it is so pathetically attractive just to get by? People say, oh, if I could just get by. Listen to me. The reason is it's because we've forgotten the truth of the Word of God. We've set down the truth of the Word of God. We've pushed aside the truth of the Word of God. And we'll be stirred up when we get back to the Word of God. We have to get back to the Word of God. What's the answer? Get back to the Word of God. Do you know when God's going to move? And I've had a hard time with this. God, why won't you move? God, I'd like to see you move. God, why won't you move? You know when God's going to move is when people get back to the word of God and they repent directed by the word of God and they turn to Jesus, the savior of the word of God. You know when revival is going to happen, when revival is going to break out? It's not when we quit talking about it. It's when we turn to the word of God. I consider it right. As long as I'm in this earthly dwelling, I won't always be to stir you up by way of reminder. As believers, here's what I've found. We have a tendency, and it's easy to look at other people. And so we get to this point in the sermon, we start saying, well, you know what? They sure need this. Well, they're not here tonight. Maybe they're just online. They sure need this. They, they need to hear this. I hope they do. Well, here's the deal tonight. Tonight, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to look at you. 
Where are you at in your walk with Christ right now? And listen, you can say what you want. Christ knows where you're at. Where are you at tonight in your walk with Jesus Christ? Where's your heart tonight? Here we come crashing in here. Where's your heart tonight? Here's the deal. Our heart must be, tonight our prayer must be, God, stir me up. God, I'm so sorry I get off track. God, I'm so sorry I try to fit in. God, I'm so sorry I try to slow down. God, please stir me up. I'm tired of all the other things. God, please stir me up. I'm going to ask you to do a couple things. Practical things. Now, if you're serious, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. It is not one. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you tonight, if you're serious tonight, to commit to praying for 30 straight nights, God, you stir me up. God, stir me up. I'm going to ask that you commit to hearing the reminder of the word of God. And I would heavily encourage you to be here. We're going to preach it. But if you can't be here, you find a way to listen in. I'm going to ask that you would commit to hearing the reminder of the word of God. It's what's going to change our heart. And then I'm going to ask that you would commit to responding how God leads you in that. And I want to tell you this. If you're in his word and you're asking him to stir you up, to send a revival to you, and you're ready to respond in obedience, in faithful obedience, I want to tell you something. We can't imagine what God might do. I want to tell you, we can't imagine what God might do in some of our lives. God, send a revival in me. Listen, you're not too young for that. You're not too young for that. You're not too old for that. God, send a revival in me. Whatever station in life, oh, I'm so far past that, I can't ever get back to that. Whatever station of life you are in tonight, God, send a revival in me. And then here's what I'm going to promise you now on the very first night. Do you know that's his specialty? Do you know that's what he does? Did you know he takes what's dead and what's dying and what's distracted and what's dirty? He cleans it up and he renews it and he restores it. That's what he does. He's in the revival business. God, send a revival in me. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come and we, we praise you tonight. We thank you tonight. We worship you tonight. We're thankful, Lord, that you love us. We're thankful that your grace and your kindness are shown to us. Lord, we're thankful that you're long-suffering and patient. So you don't stomp us out, run us off, you ought to. But Lord, if we will turn our eyes to you, if we will repent, if we will seek you, we will find you. Lord, you'll send a revival. I, I pray First off, for believers listening tonight, believers in this room, believers listening in some other way. Lord, I pray that we would be thirsty for a movement of God. I pray that we would be renewed in our hunger for you, to know you better, to hear from your voice, to walk with you in obedience. Lord, stir that in our hearts. Lord, let it be more than just words that we say. Let it be more than just things we check off. Lord, give us a hunger for a revival inside of us. And Lord, I pray that the things that need to take place for that to happen would fall into place. Lord, I pray the fruit of that would be people committed to you, homes that are changed for your glory, lives that are changed, marriages that are restored. 
for the glory of our Savior, Jesus. And Lord, my other part of, the, of my question now is this, for, for those that are lost, for those that don't know you, that have no hope, that aren't going to find any outside of you, I pray that in the hearing of good news, of purpose in Christ, of joy that abounds, of peace that is abundant, I pray, Lord, they would turn to you. They would seek you as the remedy for their sin, their Savior. And I pray, Lord, that everything that would need to be in place for that to happen would be in the place. And I pray, Lord, in the hearing of the gospel, the power of God unto salvation, that it might even be tonight. And Lord, we come tonight and we seek a revival tonight. We seek to be stirred up by you tonight, all for your glory and for your name's sake. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're going to close our service at a time of response, a time of invitation. I want to tell you, if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ, if you're listening in some other way and you don't know Jesus Christ, I want to tell you there's good news for you tonight, and that is this. God loves you, and he loves you so much he sent his only begotten son, that he comes, he lives a life, and he doesn't sin, that he's able to offer himself as our lamb, the lamb of God. He goes to the cross, and he carries your sin and my sin to the cross. He pays for it there taking God's wrath towards sin, poured out on himself, and he settles it there, pays for it there to tell us die. It is paid. It is finished, settled in Jesus. They place him in a grave. Three days later, guess what? He walks out of that grave. He stands as the risen Savior, the risen Lamb, the hope of sinners. The good news tonight is this. If you are hearing this tonight, that is for you. If you'll respond in faith, that is for you. Call upon Jesus tonight. Profess with your mouth what you believe in your heart. And the Bible says this, you shall be saved. Settle it tonight. Settle it tonight. For those that are here listening, those maybe in some other way, that they've trusted Christ, maybe tonight our, our response to this is this, dear God, stir me up. Stir me up. Send a personal revival. I pray for a great revival. But let it start with me. God, stir me up. Convict me of the sins that cannot stand. Change the path of my feet. Put it in line with your word. Let me walk in faithful obedience to Jesus, my Lord. God, stir me up. We're going to have a time of response, a time of invitation. I, I truly believe it's the most important time of this hour, a time to respond to the truth of God's word. Maybe you're here and you're trusting Christ for the first time. Maybe you need more information. You come during this time. Let's settle that. Let's, let's be done with that tonight. Trust Jesus as your Lord. He'll save you tonight. Maybe you're here and you say, you know what? I want to get serious. I'm tired of just getting by. Oh, the regret of getting to the end and saying, well, I just got by. Maybe you want to come pray with me. Maybe you want to come pray at an altar. God, stir me up. Send a revival in me. Whatever your response is, I'm going to, Ask as we stand to sing that you step out and you come on. If you're to come boldly, you come on. As we stand to sing, you step out and you come on. I'll meet you here.